Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 911, what's your emergency? I can't find Captain Nash and his wife's cruise ship. Somebody Tonight, 911 comes to ABC. If we're going to make it out of here, we got to work together. Tonight at 9 on ABC, followed by 7 News at 11. This is why you watch 7 News at 5. This breaking story is happening as we speak. To get breaking news from the alert desk. When I know about it, you'll know about it first. So you're always connected with what's happening now, only on 7 News at 5. A roast as dark as the night, perfect for fueling the cryptid research and mad ravings required for your podcasting. Don't mind the red eyes. He's just trying to warn you of the bridge. The bridge. Finally, from the caffeine-addled brains of Spring Hill Jack Coffee and last podcast on the left, we bring you Mothman's Red Eye Blend. Yes, delicious Panama beans. Go to lastpodcastmerch.com to order yours today. <laughs> I'm disturbed. <laughs> I'm upset. I'm scared. I'm disturbed. I'm a little sad. I'm very scared. Wow. It's, I just, I have so much to say and uh, I don't know how, where to begin. So, all right. Welcome back to River Vale Roundup. Thank you, everybody. Um, I was just yelling because my, Chrome browser keeps being like, ah, you keep writing River Vale, but you <laughs> must mean Riverdale. And no, I fucking don't, Chrome browser. I mean River Vale. It's a new world, because, yes. Chrome browser. <laughs> Get with it. And honestly, we it's a better talking. world. It's a better <laughs> show. I think it is a better show. I think it 100% is a better show. Yes, we are talking about River Vale season six, episodes two and three today, Oof, because we missed far. out on last week. It is, there are five episodes in this arc. And yes, back to, we are still in this Twilight Zone-esque world, where in both episodes, Jughead is the host of it. I am so curious as to see what is going to come out of this. Last time when we were talking about Roberto Aguirre Sacasa discussing this five-episode arc, and he did say that echoes of what happened during this will remain in Riverdale when we go back to Riverdale after this five-episode arc. But also, what remains from episode to episode, right? Because, right. like, Archie wasn't in either of no. these ones. No, he wasn't. And Tony wasn't in the last one. So we let's start in the beginning of the second episode. Yeah. So there are vignettes in all of these. So we're going to kind of just break it down. The problem is, is that I'm not yelling about it as much as I actually was genuinely creeped out yeah. 
It's very different to engage with like a high quality text, you know, as compared to what we've been doing for like Riverdale Roundup. The reason we started Riverdale Roundup was because season one of Riverdale was so good that you and me and Marcus wanted to talk about it so much that we made time in every episode of page seven to talk about it. And we like enjoyed talking about it so much that it became its own thing. And then it became its own thing. And then Riverdale became its own thing. And we kept talking about Riverdale, but it just kept not be it was no longer a high quality show and in fact it just became it just kind of spun out of control and now we have this show where we are now years in used to screaming about like the baffling choices that the show is making and now we have three episodes even though i i was very disturbed by episode two um but like it was still good like yeah. three episodes in season six reveal that are like very good. Like, they're very yeah. good shows. I think that they finally hit what they should have hit and dug into years ago, which is allowing Supernatural to just be, like, openly say, like, yes, Rivervale is an alternate universe where all the supernatural things that you think that we are inkling towards, it's all real. It all can come true. Yes. La Llorona is real. Uh, there are counselor, high school counselors killing children. Uh, and you had the Captain Howdy, like, experience from the exorcist of, like, the little face that kept showing up in episode three with the devil. There was a lot. We got to start. I'm sorry. Now we got to start at the beginning. Yeah. Because I'm thinking about La Llorona and Tony up top. Episode two. There is a West Side Story-esque fight between the ghoulies and the serpents and Tony straight up knifes a young boy to death, (laughs) which again, she is not only one of the oligarchy leaders of this town. She is a gang leader as well as the high school counselor at Riverdale high. Yes. She killed a child. No, there weren't any law repercussions, but there was a little bit of supernatural repercussions. So, MJ, had you heard of La Llorona before? Never. I had not. Um, and it is very scary. She's She was depicted... I understand there's also a movie about this. This is like a Latin American folklore legend about a... It's a legend. Like the, and it's... it's I, I think I was disturbed because it's a very powerful idea. It's like the, the, the maternal force of like love and despair drives this spirit... To, like, kill children. Yes. And so Darla Dickinson, which back when the turkey exploded in Archie's boxing ring. Oh, I remember. Her youngest son was murdered. And so she calls upon La Llorona to go after Tony and baby Anthony, which they only ever refer to baby Anthony as baby Anthony. And that does kind of drive me crazy. (laughs) And so what does La Llorona do is that she creeps out from sweet water. They pretended as if this is only a river veil thing. But that she was like filled, her her clothes were filled with stones and so were all of her kids because they thought that she was the one that was killing all of the kids in this, in Riverdale of centuries and centuries ago. So she comes back out and starts killing children in Riverdale or like going after them. I'm sorry, Rivervale. What am I, a Chrome browser right now? (laughs) She starts going after the kids, including if you remember... This is, it's just such a weird thing. In the last episode before this, 
Betty was miraculously pregnant with Archie's child after Archie had been sacrificed to the town. Yeah. The trees were running wet with maple syrup because of the sacrifice. But then La Llorona takes the baby from inside of Betty. I was extremely upset by this. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so yeah. <laughs> it's really scary. So, right. The the episode begins with Betty being like, oh, you know, I'm thinking I'm going to name the baby Archie. And so it's like, OK, we're in a universe where like Betty is still pregnant and Archie's the father and she's naming. There's no acknowledgement of what happened before, but also and like they're all not like currently like in a witch cult worshiping Cheryl Blossom, but like things are normal. But Archie's gone and Betty is pregnant. So it was like a very interesting like, wait, what's still real? What's not still real thing? And yeah, Betty, like then, like, is is a victim of La Llorona. And she goes to Dr. Colonel Jr. And he tells her you're not pregnant anymore, which also is like disturbingly similar to the equally disturbing plotline in Midnight Mass. Have you watched Midnight Mass? No, I haven't. I, there's something very similar that happens. And it's also very upsetting. And so, right, like the the origin story is that she was like, a nurse in the in the you know colonial times or whatever and because babies died all the time then because of like illnesses and germs and stuff all the townspeople thought that she was killing them and so they sank her and her children and so that's why she her like anguish drives her to come out and kill all the children she starts with by the way the oft forgotten twins that oh, we oh man every do they few episodes exist. we're like what happened to the twins turns out they still live at <laughs> uh, Thistle House they, li- they are living at Thistle House now so it goes after one of the twins goes after it so it's like it's, so this entire time this is weaved into there are three stories this is a 40 minute long episode there are three big stories going on so there's La Yorona that starts up top right cut to Sam and Diane, which I'm assuming is a Cheers reference, Sam and Diane, who were killed, is a couple that has nothing to do with Rivervale. They were killed inside of the apartment that, remember, the episode before was filled with cockroaches. Well, now they also happen to find out that there was a murder-suicide inside of Tabitha and Jughead's new apartment. Because there's like a secret room, like that cool, you know, Twitter post that was real about the person who found a secret, like, apartment. Very scary. In reality, very scary, which also harkens back to when Jughead was living in the walls of River. Riverdale High School in the first season of Riverdale. So they find this, they find a little, they find an alcove that is filled with empty scotch bottles that has a bunch of boats inside of it. And they find out the story of the murder-suicide and the girlfriend stabbed the boyfriend to death. And so they're like, that's so crazy that this happened inside. And obviously they're being taken over by these ghosts inside of the house. And like, Jughead is getting into, you know, like, Shining-esque territory of, like, writing all the time, writing all the time. And as Tabitha goes more and more mad, and then she almost stabs him to death because he wouldn't put the toothpaste cap back on the toothpaste. Yes, and and then when the, when this all culminates in, like, you know, when they kind of realize that they have been, that their, like, relationship is deteriorating because they've been taken over by the ghosts, it like culminates with her almost killing him with a hammer. And then my favorite part about this episode was that they like 
realize like, oh my gosh, like we've been, we're being haunted. Like, let's put the brakes on this fight. And then they just like kind of talk about it afterwards. And Jughead was like, oh, that was our first fight. And it was like, you literally almost <laughs> killed him with a hammer. Like, like they talk so calmly about it afterwards. So calmly about it. I was like, wow, that was your first fight. And you guys are just fine. You're not going to, you're not going to try and unpack I wrote down the line, I'll tell you why she kills him. She kills him because she gets sick of supporting him while he displays a complete disregard for her feelings. Maybe that's why she brains him with a hammer, <laughs> which is what she's yelling at him when she's got a ball-peen hammer in her hand. Yeah, and 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 Sam, the, uh, go, the, the you know, in the couple, the ghost couple, he was like an artist and she was so, but also, can I just say, regarding this plot line, I'm sorry, there is zero chemistry between none. Tabitha and Absolutely Jughead. whatsoever. It, like, Gideon there was is like, none. are they roommates? It's zero. Like, why? Nothing. I'm sorry. I don't totally understand why Tabitha is here, aside from like being pops. I know we have talked about this. Like they're they're getting they they want new, you know, they want new fresh faces. They I think they want more diversity. It's like, but they're not just like with Kevin. Get better at it. They're it's like this half-assed effort at diversity where it's like, oh yeah, we've got a gay character. We never write anything for him. He's just there. Now it's like with Tabitha, it's like, yeah, we have a, a another, you know, person of color, but like, we, like, who is she? Does she have a personality? No, she's just always mad no. at Jughead. That's her only personality. Or she's working. Or she's yes, working. That's, like that's she, it. She's just not a character. She's not interesting. Like, at least they give like, you know, Tony and some of the other like new characters who came in, like things like, you know, I can tell you all about Tony. Like, Tony is a character. Oh, yeah. Tabitha's just, like, and so Tabitha and Jughead have this boring-ass relationship. They move in together, and then she's just consumed with rage for him because he's, like, a shitty, self-indulgent writer who doesn't, like, do shit around the house. And so that part, you know, that reads fairly real, but, like, it's just... Yeah, so what does she see in him? Yeah. Also, it's always, like, she goes and smashes the typewriter, and what is the thing he says, which I don't know why this sticks out in my brain, he's like, Betty gave me that. I mean... And that's what you say in the middle of your fight? Like, it's like, well... Uh, okay. But that's the thing, like, are they setting up for, you know, there's all... Anytime there's, like, anytime they invest in Tabitha's plotline, they do so in being, like, Oh, Betty, Betty, you know, like, so she has a conversation with Betty and Betty's like, oh, he always let me read his vomit drafts, his first drafts of his work. And she's like, yeah, oh, they're always yeah. pitting them against each other. And she and Jughead doesn't let Tabitha read them. So I guess that I think that we're supposed to. In other words, I guess we're supposed to all see that there's no chemistry. My question is, are we supposed to all see that there's no chemistry, that he obviously still likes I Betty guess. more, you know, but like Betty and Archie. I just don't like I, I feel like Betty and Tabitha. Is well, that's like, what happens when you fall in love with Betty. Because she allows you to be sacrificed for the town. Because like so. Betty is also such a good character that she she was like fun to watch with Jughead and fun to watch with Archie. It's like I kind yeah. of root for both of those relationships. And whereas with Tabitha, I'm just like, what what is like, what is your deal? Are you going to turn out to be? Is there more to you? Because right now there's just I feel like that's my only like real complaint with with. The, with River Vale right now is that like Tabitha feels like a very flat character. Although I did like this plot line in terms of like her being consumed by rage because Jughead's just a self-indulgent idiot. Which as she should. And I will say they gave her a little bit more in the next episode, but I don't know if I like what they gave us in the next episode, but we will get there in just a moment because we still need to talk about in this episode, all of the weird shit that happened 
between Reggie, a teacher, and his car. Yeah, this was also very upsetting. I was upset. So you guys remember Bella? Bella, the and I'm not talking about Twy Babies. I am talking about Reggie's car that he was absolutely obsessed with in high school. He gets another version of the car. He gets so excited that it's to a point that Veronica thinks that she he's cheating on her because he's got this car in the high school, I guess. And he's fixed her all up. She realizes that, like, how obsessed he is with this car, finds a picture inside of the car of an older woman, and then she accidentally drops the picture in front of Principal Weatherby. And Principal Weatherby says, Oh, why do you have that picture? That's the picture of a teacher that used to work here long ago. But she had irresponsible relationships with the children. No one's talked about that abusive teacher in years. Very, very blasé about this obviously huge upsetting scandal that happened in Rivervale. And uh, turns out she also was very close to Reggie. And her name was Isabella. And this is like, I got genuinely upset by this plot line. Because he kept envisioning, like Reggie kept envisioning this, uh, a ghost woman inside of the car. And so what does Veronica do? Because now she assumes that Reggie had been assaulted by a teacher, had been sexually assaulted by a teacher. So what does she do to, she does to break the ties between him and the car and the teacher? She destroys the car. Not only does she destroy the car, she destroys the car while Reggie's father is dying in the hospital. Dying in the hospital? And so happens to decide to destroy the... She knows his father's dying in the hospital. She decides to destroy the car the day that Reggie's father dies. And he's like, oh, I'm sad because my father just died. And she's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm here for you. And it's like, bitch, you just smashed his car. And also because he, and then he was like, I didn't ever have sex with the teacher. She was just, we were just close friends. But even regardless, that's not, therapy is what I know. need. Like, it's like, that's not what, not don't destroy the car because he may or may not have been assaulted yeah. by a teacher I inside know. of it. You're mad at your boyfriend because he was groomed, like, at best <laughs> and, like, assaulted at worst by an adult when he was a child. And so you, in order to express your concern about his, like, unhealthy, uh, you know, continued... Fixation on this, what was clearly an abusive relationship, you destroy the thing that like he loves. Uh, well, his dad is d- on his deathbed, dying, and the then you're hospital? like, oh, how are we doing? Oh. Can we check in about us? Oh, and then she buys him another car. Oh, that makes up for it. Except thanks, he's like, yeah, and he's like, of course, like, oh yeah, okay, thanks for that car that I don't love the way that I loved my other car. And she's like, how are we doing? Are we okay? And it's like. Veronica, his dad just died. Like, read the room. Don't do like a how are we check in when he is obviously in like multiple crises. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then on top of it, right after this happens, back to Tony, who is trying to battle La Llorona because then Betty, now that she believes because her own baby has been taken from her belly, 
She sits with, of course, the witch of the town, Cheryl, and they and Nana Rose, and they have a seance to try and summon La Llorona. La Llorona speaks through Nana Rose, used like an old meat puppet, and she's like, blah, 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 <laughs> as La Llorona is talking through her body. Yeah, that's good. And so what does Tony do? She meets her at Sweetwater River, and she's about to give, you think she's going to give her baby Anthony, but no. She gives her herself instead. She gives baby Anthony to Betty and says, take care of him. And then Tony becomes... La Llorona to save her baby. (laughs) Jackie, it's cute. She becomes a haunted witch woman who will murder children for eternity. Save the baby. Give the baby away. I don't, I know I don't have a baby, but like, give the baby away. Make another one. (laughs) You know, it's like, you got, you've got time. You look great. Don't go be a witch woman in the water. I mean, it's on the one hand, it's sweet to be like, oh, a mother will sacrifice anything for her child. On the other hand, she's definitely just like ensuring that she will kill many, many, many more many children, children to save the life of her one. <laughs> and so that's tough. You know, you can't, can't sleep at night very well in your swamp with that decision. I just was so and again, the, I usually have Jeff to watch these episodes with me. So alone, I was like, what are you talking about, Rivervale? And then you think that, and then cut to the next episode. Yes, that was only one episode of Rivervale. And now we need to jump into episode three called Chapter 98, Mr. Cypher. Man, when that man introduced himself as Lou Cypher, I I had to pause it. I laughed. (laughs) Yes, the devil has come to Riverdale and Kevin does finally get his own plot line for the first time in what? Two and a half seasons. Oh, yeah. And it has nothing to do with him like trolling the woods. Right. Shock. Yeah. While all this is happening, do you guys remember in real Riverdale that Betty and not Betty, that Veronica and Reggie were creating a casino. Yes, the second casino that they are putting inside of Riverdale, Rivervale. But this one is called uh, Byzantium, right? Oh, I don't remember. Babylonium. 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 Babylonium, the casino. So a lot of this has to do around the sinning in the town of Rivervale. So again, like like you brought up earlier, Archie doesn't show up in either one of these. Tony is now not in this episode. So I think that they are now like popping them off as time goes on. But I'm still so curious as to what they're going to echo from this into Riverdale when it goes back to Riverdale. Yeah, because I was also trying to figure out the continuity like in terms of um, Tabitha and Jughead too because like they're still in the same apartment, right? But like the nook isn't there. So it's like, did anything, like it's very hard to know like what happened, like it, it, what what, you know, what stays and what, doesn't i guess it's like it's just like a twilight zone kind of thing i think they just keep going yeah this episode season six episode three it was gen this is another one that was genuinely creepy yeah this one was good i liked this one a lot yeah and you think at first like okay the devil's come to rivervale and he's gonna try and get as many souls as possible turns out selling not only your own soul but another person sold to the devil, very easy to do. <laughs> you just got to give them the pen that Lou Cipher gives you to sign any piece of paper. Or I guess you could just slip it in. But I think that's my big takeaway from this is that 
You can't trust anyone in Rivervale, and they will sell your soul to the devil if given the chance, even for like not that much overall, I would say. Yeah. So let's go through the kind of the, the you know, the the bullet points of Vignettes who sells here. whose yeah. soul. Okay. So we'll start it off. There's Kevin. Kevin sells his own soul. And it's weird because Lou Cipher does have a book with some of their names in it that he's slowly crossing off. So what does Kevin sell his soul to the devil for? He sells his soul to be famous, to be a Broadway star. There is a musical number. Fangs is now his manager and his boyfriend again. It all com- It's all coming up Kevin for him. So he gets that pretty easily. Good for Kevin. He deserves Talk it. about Tabitha and her weird backstory, not backstory, because we have met her father before. Remember, yes. they were like the, they were like the a, a Mark Consuelo's shadow. Yes, yes, he's Hiram, but he hates pops for some reason. Even though the whole kind of origin story of Tabitha is that pops is is hers because pops is her grandpa, but but. For some reason, the middle generation, her dad hates Pops and does wants her to be a, like a businesswoman or something. And But she's like, no, I love Pops. And so, yeah, so we get a little bit more Tabitha backstory in this episode. So I maybe guess. I stand corrected on what I said No, before. I don't think, no, I think you can stay exactly where you were because I don't <laughs> like what happens with this. Because, all right, so essentially, the devil comes to Pops and they, like he's about to take Pops' soul because this is where it gets weird. Generations ago, Tabitha's great-grandfather sold his soul to the devil for Pops to be financially stable and for it to always be a fixture of the town. And then every time when the devil comes back to take the soul, they pass the soul along to the next generation. Yeah. So that confusing. it won't take them, it'll take the next generation. Yeah, but which that's I don't a, understand. That's not how selling a soul no, works. <laughs> no, it doesn't. That certainly 100% does not. So the reason why Pops is still around is because great grandfather Tate had sold his soul to the devil for it. So the devil comes, and even though like Pop Tate could just transfer the soul, I guess, to his son. <laughs> He's not gonna. So the devil gives Tabitha an option. You can either have Pop Tate's soul be taken from his body or give him the keys to Pop's diner. Which, again, we are pre- much like the La Llorona situation. We're presented with the, like, do you want to sacrifice one person or do you want to sacrifice dozens and do- hundreds of people? And every time people at Rivervale are like, you know what? I'm going to protect my own personal interest at the expense <laughs> of, of all of these everyone. Other you know, and I'm proud of you, Tabitha. You obviously do love your grandfather. You guys have a really strong bond, but you have de- then, you know, doomed the town. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
Hey, have you heard the Virginia Lottery has a new Willy Wonka Golden Ticket Scratcher that has a top prize of $100,000? Tell that to my automated Golden Ticket Scratcher apparatus. You simply put the ticket in here, and the machine scratches it for you. And while we wait, we can play the Willy Wonka Golden Ticket online game with a top prize of $1 million. Just visit VALottery.com or use the lottery app. That's one impressive scratcher apparatus. Use it whenever. What's mine is yours. But hands off the scratcher. That Willy Wonka Golden Ticket is all mine. I need to also, though, say I don't understand a lot of things about this part of it. But it's weird because she says, yes, I'm going to give you the diner. Give me like 20 more hours. And then an angel comes named Raphael to the diner to be like, listen, Tabitha, I'm an angel. I'm one of the good guys. And there's whole like good versus evil, evil battle between heaven and hell kind of surrounds Pop's diner. Uh-huh. So how about we help you out? How about the good guys help you out? Are you guys following what I'm saying? <laughs> barely. I'm barely following what I'm saying because as I watch it, I'm like, okay, so he she can't give over the keys to Pops because of Pops has been decided eons and eons ago that it is where the battle site between good and evil is going to play out? Be, yeah, I guess because the <laughs> this devil- This is such a big idea. Because of the devil's original de- de- deal with great-grandfather Tate, I guess. So the angels come to Pops to be like, this is where we've got to like stake our battle. Yeah. <laughs> so that like we, so, so we're going to help you. So I'm going to put that story on pause because we're going to circle back to that later because I laughed so hard I almost threw up <laughs> when we get to the end of how the angel helps her save- Pops Diner, because in the middle of all this, Devil's very busy in Riverdale. He's going after, so he wants to go get Jughead's soul as well, right? And Jughead's like, I'm not going to give you my soul. Why would I do that? So what does the devil do? He's This is a weird, it's a weird depiction of what the devil is capable of in this episode. It's very weird. It's very, he's got like a real eye on Rivervale right now. Yeah, he knows what everybody needs and what everybody's weaknesses are, which does sound like the devil, something the devil would do. Sure. So what he does is that he's like, oh, you're feeling all this writer's block. What if I give you a devil's insider interview <laughs> and I'm going to tell you all of the secrets of heaven and hell and the world. And you can either, to keep your soul, you can publish the interview and become world famous, but then never be able to physically write ever again. Or I give you the interview. You don't publish it. And then you can never publish anything ever again. You can write amazing, amazing novels, but no one else will ever read them. Yeah. So Jughead's like, well, let me... Let me interview you first. So he interviews him, of course, shows nothing. And then afterwards, he's shell-shocked because the devil just told him all the secrets of the universe. He decides to publish it, and then he can't legitimately write anymore. <laughs> he's like, on a dark and story night, type, 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 type. And it just comes out as gibberish. And he's like, oh, well, that was literal. So what does he do? He sells his soul to the devil. And now he has it all very fast, how, how the slippery, the slope. Goes. Should I sell my soul to the devil? <laughs> right. So he so the the initial like um 
you know, two choices that the devil gave didn't involve Doughead's soul. It was just like, here's like a little trap I'm going to put you no, in. No, it's just an evil game uh-huh. that they and, play. And then Jughead's like, oh, I've got, I'm finally a successful writer. Everybody loves my interview with the devil. Of course I'll sell my soul. Yeah, so that was weird. That was a weird one. And you know what was also a weird one? Let's talk soul for a soul here. Reggie and Veronica, you know, they're not endgame. And I think it makes sense yeah. that Ronnie never looked into Reggie's eyes and said, babe, we're endgame. Because she's endgame with Char- uh, Charlie. <laughs> oh, God, Twilight. Twilight lives and just seeps out of my fucking brain. cab except for Charlie, um, she is not endgame with Reggie the way she's endgame with Archie. Yeah, I think that I, I really want, I mean, I think that Veronica and Reggie really do have chemistry. Um and perhaps I want to watch them fuck. Yeah, I oh, I'm always down to watch them fuck. Perhaps credit to the writers, or I'm not sure if it's on purpose or on accident, as with many things with Riverdale. But it's just like their relationship, just like absolutely, is not taking off. Like it's just they're just they don't you know they're just kind of stuck. It's like kind they're of like criminals. A, you know, yeah. they're both criminals. It's hard to be both criminals looking out for yourself, and then like, ugh. But then your girlfriend won't make you an office. Yeah, they're both deeply selfish. Veronica, Veronica is just so selfish. How are you going to be in a relationship with someone else when you're Veronica? Especially, uh, I guess you have to be just as selfish as she is, because turns out. Reggie goes to Veronica and was like, "Veronica, the casino's doing so well." Because I sold my soul to the devil. So I need you because only Veronica could out-devil the devil. We got to make him a better deal. So who does she get on the phone? Oh my God. Is it Senator uh, Sexual Assaulter from episode or seasons ago? Nick St. Clair? Remember, Nick St. Clair is the one that inside of that suite, and I believe with the fizzle rocks. Yeah. Sticks? Fizzle rocks. Fizzle Jingle jangle. jingle. One of them. One of them. Yeah. He tr- he uh tried to be a creepist and he succeeded, if I remember. And Nick Sinclair is a sleazeball. And in this, now remember, there was a time jump seven years later. He's Senator Sleazeball. So what does Veronica do? She seduces him and then gives and then gets him to Say to her, yes, I would give my soul to the devil to have sex with you. And then the devil comes and takes him away, which, again, very easy to do. (laughs) That's a very, he didn't have to sign anything. It just kind of transferred over to this guy. Yeah, right. Yeah, the deeds to to each other's souls. It's like giving your own soul away, Kevin, and um, Jughead style, like that, pretty straightforward. But the amount of like giving other people's souls away is where we get a little bit. Very easy to do. Runaway train. And especially because she makes the deal with the devil. Like, I gave you Nick St. Clair, (laughs) and now you can't touch a hair on my Reggie Kin's head. And he goes, okay, I won't touch a hair on his head. Turns out, Oh, little Sneaksy Boy, don't beat up his car. Um, Sneaksy Boy sold Veronica's soul to the devil. So yeah, that's now her move. soul is still up for... That's a dick move. You break up with somebody after that. that <laughs> then it's like, uh, I don't know if we should be together anymore. So he... So she's upset. And she's like, well, now I got to give him another soul. So she's like, I'm going to give him Alice Cooper's soul. So she brings Alice Cooper in. Tries to get her to sign a contract that me that, that's like, I'm just going to give you, for no reason, a bunch of money from the casino. 
You just got to sign this little happy signing sheet. No, don't look at the happy signing sheet. Where they're kind of tapping into like, I guess, previous seasons where Alice was like easily swayed by like kind of Christian themed cults. Although the Christianity was never really the central theme of any of the cults because she's like, for some reason in this episode, Alice is obsessed with sin. It's Again, very this kind weird. of harkens back to earlier, like searching Alice. Alice is lost, but also totally not set up as to why Alice like cares so much about sin. So she's kind of Veronica's enemy, which I think because she wants to close the casino because the casino represents sin to, again, newly weirdly proselytizing Alice. For no reason. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, where where's this coming from? And so, again. Right. Even though Veronica, I think, ostensibly still best friends with Betty is like, yeah, sorry, I'm just going to sell your mom's soul to the devil because she's like kind of in the way of my casino that I mention once every three episodes. Yes. So this episode, because of all the sinning it really centers a lot around uh boobamsium what is it bambinsum it's big it's big Bab and babylonium it's babylonium <laughs> it's big and it's b <laughs> so this so now she's caught in a pickle she feels bad she's like you're a pain in the ass but you don't deserve to burn in hell so what does she do she makes another deal with the devil he is again very easily swayed I feel like this is a lot, it comes a lot down to, like, don't you as a parent have to, like, when you say something, you got to follow through. I feel like the devil should take a page out of a parent. <laughs> um, so this is another instance, MJ, where someone, instead of them dying, kills 52 people a year <laughs> because now once a week. The devil's going to come and skim off the top like all of the investors do with the casino and take a soul from the casino floor once a week. Yeah. Do you think that the casino's going to be like, don't you think it would be on blast if a person's soul was being taken once a week? I guess they don't die. But they are taking people's souls. Once a week, it might impact business. Yeah. I mean, again, I can it like... It might impact business. <laughs> like once a week, someone seems to die at the casino. But it's Riverdale, so people would be like, I'll just keep going back. Yeah, like I can... I can, <laughs> I can hand it to Tony. You know, I maybe I would save my own children in exchange for killing... Uh, you know... Countless. Countless children How for eternity. Many? Like, that's a complicated choice. I have less sympathy for Veronica or yes. Tabitha, honestly, to be like, you care about your business. <laughs> you care about your business so more much than you... than people's existences. <laughs> I, I just like I don't I don't I don't understand it. There's nothing in my life I need more than like than taking people. So I, I can honestly say that <laughs> I now the devil's going to come and test you on that, Jackie. They'll be like, you're you're no Jeff or or you have to. You know, one podcast listener a week, I get their soul. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, take them all, I guess. Take them all. <laughs> but also, though, who does Veronica start with? Whose soul does she give him first? Reggie's. The ultimate betrayer. So again, very easy. If you don't like somebody, you can sell their soul to the devil just by saying it aloud. Right. Even though there was a big plotline about getting their signature... At the same time, there he, she's also just handing out souls willy-nilly. And I guess, like, it's got to be, like, isn't part of it, like, about being, like, your choice and your fate? And isn't that, like, what 
having your soul and the idea of selling your soul to the devil, isn't that what it's about? Of like, I choose this mortal coil, this one go about for eternal hellfire just so I can have what I want for once. Yeah. Like that's why it's it's a selfish thing to do. Right. But I don't think it's a po- I don't think you should be able to give away somebody else's soul. Yeah. I don't most of my familiarity with this uh you know kind of like trope is from the Simpsons episode where Homer sells his soul for a donut. Of course, so I of don't, course. I don't really know how I don't know anything what the either. rules are about selling souls, but I have not heard of like being able to like switcheroo. Oh, you try to sell my soul. I'm going to give your soul away instead. You know, especially not in Rivervale where it's like, oh, but they all have such complicated histories together that uh, you can't. Can you imagine like asking someone who hated you 20 years ago to be like, yeah, but wouldn't you give him Jackie's soul? <laughs> yes, give him Jackie's soul. But we didn't even get into the weirdest biggest part of this episode which is the fact that tbk yes is is gets into custody so fbi of course calls betty and is like betty you're fbi we need you to be fbi and go get the confession this is glenn that called glenn calls so you remember so part of it i'm trying to get jeff to watch um rivervale because he is working a lot and i'm like but i need to talk to someone about it so i need you to watch this (laughs) so i just sent him a text that said you might be right about something because he a while ago he claimed that glenn was tbk he swore it up and down that he that glenn was tbk so in this i thought that he was about to be right so she's got to go and get a confession out of tbk and if you remember, he's got that creepy mask on. Uh-huh. And so he's there in shackles. This part was very upsetting. And that like, she's like, well, I don't know. I don't know if I trust you. And he's like, I'm the devil. She's like, I don't think you're the devil. You're TBK. I know you. I know who you are. And he's like, oh, don't believe me. And then she's like, I want to talk to my father if that's who you are. So she talks to Hal from hell (laughs) through his meat puppets, another (laughs) meat puppet. She talks to Hal and she knows it's Hal because Hal brings up where she used to where he used to bring her. It's like, he's the devil. If he is the devil, he knows everything. What are you talking about, Betty? So she's got to be like, oh, I'm going to figure out what to do with you. We're going to get you to confess. So she comes back and then he makes her talk to Polly, who is also burning in hell. Right. Remind me, why is Polly in hell? I, you know what? I don't know. Maybe it's the cult thing. The devil doesn't say. It's just like, oh, she just happens to be. She's just in hell. In hell. That's not nice. I'm really trying to like stick it. But then he tries. This is like, if this is going towards some big weird battle between good and evil in Rivervale. I guess I'm here for it because essentially TBK tells her that he wants her like the TBK, AKA the devil wants her loyalty because there's a war brewing the one between good and evil. And that Betty is the whore of Babylon (laughs) from the book of revelation. Now I'm going to say, I don't necessarily know what that means because I don't know anything about the Bible, but I think that it's not good to call someone (laughs) that I would assume. And so what does Betty do? She takes a scissor 
and stabs TBH, comes behind him and stabs him, stabs him over and over and over and over and over again. Blood is all over her. And then she goes down. She's like, I'm finally going to find out who you are. She cuts off the mask with the scissors and it was Glenn, but Glenn was not TBK. The devil used Glenn as a meat puppet puppet. to act as TBK. And then she just straight up murdered the fuck out of this person for no reason. But I like Jeff's idea. What if what if Glenn does Was turn TBK. out to be P- TBK? To be TBK, I don't know. But then this is this is this is where my questions come. What is going to happen after this five story arc? What of this? Because they keep interweaving the actual plot right. with these this weird bullshit. But so it's I don't tough know. because there's, I mean, to add, like, there's, let's be honest, there's really nothing but ashes left of whatever Riverdale oh, was yeah. after season five, right? So, like, the the only, the main question to me is, like, who will still be alive when yeah. Rivervale is over and when Riverdale comes back? And so, if, to the extent to which they're going to continue the TBK plotline with Glenn, like, that is actually very interesting to me. I just want to make sure, despite myself, I want Archie to be alive. Like I want Tony to be alive. Like I don't want any of these things to be forever permanent. And also, I'm sure that most more even more people are gonna die, and I don't really want any of them to die. No, because there's two more episodes. So, but I like the fact that like Archie is on in it right now. I like that Tony's like I like that they're keeping some of it going. So. So she obviously chose the side of, I guess, good, but ultimately evil because now she's, I mean, we already know Betty's been a murderer multiple times. Now she's like really extra murderer. But what was really crazy, remember when I said we're going to circle back to the end? So remember when I was like, oh, and then an angel comes to Tabitha and Raphael was like, we'll help you because this is where, because Pop's diner is where the battle between good and evil is going to happen. So... The devil comes, Lou Cipher comes to the, comes to Pop's like, well, Pop looks like you're feeling better. He's like, I am, thanks. And Dad was like, before we like give you the diner, why don't we have one last milkshake? So she makes, don't worry, Lou Cipher does, of course, eat and drink, <laughs> makes him a milkshake. They all drink it. I forgot. About and what this was part. inside of the milkshake? Tears from the Virgin Mary that she shed at the crucifix. Also, big old vial of them. That who Raphael must have really gotten in there to scoop out those tears. Whole <laughs> big jug of tears. Because then it's very what we do in the shadows. The devil doubles yes. over and pukes exactly like how they puke puking up all the this gunk and he's puking and he's puking. And she's like, and also because we drank the tears from the Virgin Mary that she shed at the crucifixion. Now Pop and I are also consecrated like they're also like they have holy protection and so what she does is she throws the tears all over the diner pops i'm sorry it's pops that is consecrated now it is now a it is now a place of holiness it's not tabitha so tabitha and pops aren't holy but the diner is right but they are protected from his evil spirit because they also drank the Uh, tears from the virgin mary that she shed at the crucifixion wow 
Yeah, man, that's great. All right, okay. I said I wanted a plot line right? with Tabitha. You gave me one. Thank you, Riverdale. I, Riverdale. I guess, but at the same time, like, what are you talking <laughs> about, guys? Well, like, this is crazy. But again, this is the question. Will it carry over in Don't the know. next episode? Will Tabitha be some kind of saint? Don't slash- know angel slash god that would be cool but again it's not clear what carries over within this universe but maybe but obviously i think some things do so maybe that will and that's kind of cool like if that pole pops pops the diner is holy uh you know pop and tabitha are holy and like you know have god on their side or whatever like that's kind of a cool seed to plant i'm down for that yeah and it is um, all of that is what happened in these two 40 minute long television episodes. They don't leave you wanting more. Wow. Sometimes they leave you wanting something else. But they in this one, they did not leave us wanting more. I'm so I'm so curious. And I am like I, I, I it is laughable. Obviously, I laughed through both of these episodes, but moments of genuine creepiness. Yeah. And I just I can't wait to see what happens with it. It's so, and it's so, because of course, like all sorts of supernatural things were happening in regular Riverdale, like the organ harvesting cult and stuff, but it was like, like it wasn't owning it. It was like, there was, remember we talked about it, it was like, is this true detective? Is it, is it like true, is it like a gritty crime show? Like, what is it? I feel like it didn't quite know, and now it's just like fucking anything could happen. Fucking revelations, fucking The Shining, fucking Exorcist. It's it's, a lot. It's great, though. Like, for some reason, the fact that there are now no rules works way better. Just right. They're the Outback Steakhouse of CW (laughs) shows, and that's saying something. That is because, I mean, I've seen quite a good amount of Supernatural, and this is saying something, (laughs) that I think Riverdale takes the cake as the Outback Steakhouse of the CW. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I gotta say, I am really enjoying Rivervale, like, quite a lot. Like, I, I was genuinely spooked. Um, I was I was disturbed and I like look forward to watching it. I'm just so glad that I was able to scream about it to someone because also I watched it. I usually watch it so stoned that like it's a fever dream. And I uh, especially alone if I have no one to yell about it with. Um, I'm just like, did that happen or was that a dream of mine? Yeah. It's tough. I had to watch both episodes back to back because I didn't realize there was two. And I was like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me because I was so tired (laughs) and it was so late. And so I was like standing up trying to not fall asleep. But the devil one, I was so I was like, this this shit is so confusing to me. And so it was actually very helpful to process it with you because I had forgotten about my favorite moment of the episode, which was when the devil puked. Um, and and I've totally forgot about the tears and the pop and the Tabitha tears diner thing. tears consecration of the Virgin Mary thing. That's great. Love it. No notes. <laughs> Just especially when like, it, there are how many uh, like how many episodes in in the seasons of Riverdale that we have watched that like if you had to watch two back to back you'd be like I'd rather just but sometimes I'd rather be dead to wa- <laughs> to have to watch both of them like I don't even know but now it's like no it's because so much is going on I'm actually like genuinely interested in whatever batshit thing they're gonna do next yeah I actually right by the time the first one was over I wasn't like okay now I need to go lie down like the way that I usually am <laughs> with a regular Riverdale it takes its toll on you 
as a human being. <laughs> this is a specific kind of fun torture that we've chosen for <laughs> ourselves a long time ago. And um, I love it. Yeah. I, do. I mean, obviously, we're, we're still going with it. I can't believe Betty fucking stabbed Glenn to death. Yeah. That was crazy. I, I was like, I can't believe that this is crazy. Yeah, that's great. I these there, there are a couple of things from this from this little universe that I do want to carry over, and that is definitely one of them. Yeah, yeah. Get rid of Glenn. We're all he's Boroughsnorrel. Yeah. Um, and or, or make or make like if Jeff's right and he's the the TBK, that would make things that would be great. Tie some shit together. It would make things make sense. It would be like, why was Glenn there? Why was TBK there? It would actually. You know, if Jeff's not a writer on the show, he should be. I think that it, it would. I liked the theory already, and then um, I'm very excited to see what's going to happen. So don't worry, guys. We have two full more episodes coming out. So we will be back next week with next episode for Riverdale Round. Oh, River Vale Roundup. Roundup. I am excited and I'm happy to be back with you guys. And uh, Lord knows, and hit us with your theories. If you got other theories, yeah. I think that it would be great. Yeah, let them. Let me hear them. I'm gonna. I'm gonna think about them. I'm gonna ruminate on them. Oh yeah, baby. And we love you guys. I hope you guys had a good holiday. And we will be back next week. Thank you so much, MJ. Thank you, Jackie. I need. I need you for this. Hey, oh, we need each other. <laughs> babe. Love you guys. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. I'm this show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. If I would have kept making only the minimum payments on my credit cards, my debt would have taken me 47 years to pay off. These are real National Debt Relief customers. I knew I wasn't going to be able to get out of debt by myself. Credit card, medical, or personal loan debt? National Debt Relief negotiates with your creditors to reduce what you owe. National Debt Relief got me out of debt. You could be debt-free in as little as 24 to 48 months. Visit nationaldebtrelief.com to learn more and get started. nationaldebtrelief.com.